I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, the uh, looks like, assumes we can assume that Ben Roethlisberger will be back with the Steelers yeah. in 2021. We've talked a lot about this. I think uh, we've laid this out pretty well, I think, over the last sure, we've looked month, a two months. Yeah. And money and you know, how do you replace them and all those type of things. It's a, it's not an easy decision. It is and not. There's a lot and, and of layers to it. Yeah, there there are definitely a lot of layers to everything. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, meeting with uh, Art Rooney the second on Tuesday. Uh, his agent again coming out, Ryan Tolner, and, and saying that uh, you know the meeting went well, and you know we're we're willing to do what we need to do to come back. And right. Ben Ben said he wants to come back. They said they want us back. Art Rooney the second then releasing a statement today saying that you know that he met with Roethlisberger. They're in agreement that you know what they need to do to win a championship. He's in. He's on board with winning a championship. That, to me, was the interesting part of the statement. Yeah. Because one of the other statements that Art Rooney II talked about after the season was, hey, we need to run the ball better. Right. That's been coming from the top lately. So yeah, I, right. I, I think part of this is, hey, Ben, part of, this, part of the conversation says, hey, Ben, I know you're quarterback. I know you want to throw the football. Seen what you've we've seen that, you know, we but I'm sure they right. have the like we don't have the numbers of how many times a run play was called. Right. And Roethlisberger said, oh, walked up to the line of scrimmage, said, "Now we're going to throw the throw the ball here." Right. They're crowding the line of scrimmage, yeah. and we're going to yeah. And we have and no idea. Goes, goes back to 2018 yeah. too. You know, I mean, but was, I bet Art Rooney has a pretty good idea. I bet the coaching staff has a pretty good idea. Coaching staff has a very, very good idea. <laughs> and if Mr. Rooney says, "Hey, what? what give me you a discrepancy out, here." You checked out of the uh, out of a run play. 35% of the time. I'm mm-hmm. just throwing a number out right, there. Right, right, right. Uh, we can't have that as much anymore. We're yeah. trying to protect you in these situations. Right. Even if it's super appealing, unless it's extremely appealing. Yeah. You know, and you got Claypool one-on-one on a corner that you want to attack, great. But we need to stick with the script and help the whole squad a little bit more. Um, less on your shoulders. We saw how it went, and... We need to change it, and we'll do our part and give you a better running game, or you know, try to build one for you. But I'm I'm sure that's how it goes. You know, I mean, if your boss asks you why aren't you guys calling more runs, and they said, well, they're getting called, coach. You know, they're getting, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can only do so much. I that's can't the thing. It. Um, it's the, I guess the 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 blessing and the curse. Of, of having a veteran quarterback on the field, right, and, right, and people can say, "Well, why don't, why don't you just tell him to run what's what's you know what's called?" 
you're still you want to give him the leeway to to hey Ben you you know one of the things that we talked about a lot off in the offseason and the Steelers talked about it hey what we missed in 2019 was having Brent Ben's brain out there exactly exactly right you know one of the Check things into the correct yeah, plays put you in the put you in the right plays well so if you're going to start second guessing <clears throat> every time he calls something different or every time he checks out of something at some point he's just going to go okay. I'll run what you call, and if, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, because there, there's rules. I mean, you come up to the line, and you get what you want. You check to the pass then. But there's also the defense saying, we want you to check to the pass because we know it's going to be a short crosser. And right. We, you know what I mean? We're, uh, we we make you predictable. Or they'll show you something, and they'll yeah. back out of it at the last second. You see a lot of that. And But my hunch is a lot of ties or gray areas – Went, went to, to the, the pass, pass. yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's the ones that need to change. And I, I'm, I'm not bashing Ben. You know, if, if he had a, a running game he relied on, he probably would be more That's the able, thing. If, if, know, if he had, it. I think if he had a better running game, right. he would be more willing to do so. If it was 2016. Yeah, you when know. you have Le'Veon Bell. So I think that's also part of the conversation that took place. Like, yes. hey, we're going to get a better running back. Yes, right. Like this is not going to be what you know. This is not going to be what it was. The same dudes. Yeah. yeah. So to me, it makes it even. And you and I both. Uh, we this will be dropping here soon on on Steelers dot com. So I don't think we're tipping our hat too much. But people who who want a and we I don't know what Mike Pursuit has picked yet. I haven't seen his draft. But we did both did our mock oh, okay. drafts and yeah, sent yeah, them yeah. in. Um, people who are on board with the Steelers selecting a running back early in the draft, I think, will like. Like well, like the direction that we take went. Take a peek at that, and, and yeah. not to mention the three of us did our our running back triple take that is out there today too. <laughs> so you can learn a little bit more about the top guys. It's not a wonderful running back class, but there's more than just one. There is more than just. one. I know people are centering in. Well, they got to get Najee Harris. Sure, and Najee Harris would look great in a Steelers uniform. He would look very nice. Yeah, but my guy Javante Williams is starting to push up some boards now. I've seen that too. Yeah, I mean he's starting to be a gain real... some steam. Yeah, he is. And ATN to me is a really talented guy too. He's a little different than those guys. So I, I think it, I think it's a three horse race with those three guys. Mm-hmm. That, I think any of them are massive improvements. Oh, without a doubt, without question. Yeah, um, I keep using the example of those of Elway with Terrell Davis. I mean, I think that's how you have to sell it to Ben. Is Ben? You, I mean, Ben used to tell Le'Veon Bell that all the time. I want you to be my Terrell Davis, mm-hmm. and he treated it that way. I mean, you think back to the two thousand. A lot of touches. Yeah, I mean the two thousand uh, was it seventeen or six? No, two thousand sixteen playoff run that they went on. That's when Bell just put the, the, team the on second half of yeah. the season. He's getting the ball twenty five times a game, mm-hmm. and then in the playoffs even more. Yeah, it went to thirty. Yeah. So they were treating it that way, right? I mean, Tomlin has a history of feeding the guy. Um, even back then, they had D'Angelo Williams as a backup at one point, too. I mean, they were really solid, too deep, really. Right. And he was a good receiver. And I think and you can do that this offseason. I think you can accomplish that with this team. Yeah. Because I, that I second so back, D'Angelo Williams didn't cost them a lot of money. No. Le'Veon Bell wasn't costing them anything comparatively to. I mean, they paid him. A rookie, his right. first four seasons, they, they paid him $2.5 million over yeah. four years. You wonder why he's holding up money. <laughs> you know, he beat into the ground and made $2.5 million. Right. <laughs> Um, no, you're right. I mean, Harris or Williams or whoever needs to hit. Yeah. You know, I mean, they could twist it. But the running, I mean, running back hit rates are pretty high. Pretty high. Right. Yeah. I mean, you'd be happy with Akers, Dobbins, Taylor, you know, I mean, all those guys. Any of those rookies. They like, took even a while last year, but they were all quite good. Yeah. You know, right. Um, no, I think you can build a running game. 
not overnight, but have to dedicate yourself to it a little bit more, run the ball a little bit more, and convince Ben that's the right move and show him this is this is why, you know. Yeah. And and I think um you know, it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing as well. Yeah. Do you I know there are a lot of people who say, "Well, you need to build the offensive line first before you get the running back." At the by the same token, a great running back makes your offensive line better. I know. And I that's mean, much easier to find. It is much easier to find. <laughs> And most analytic f- folks, and I'm a believer of this too, that the O line is more important. Oh, if, absolutely, yeah. You, you got to build it, and I got to spend money, and I'm just going to take. Should I use it on a tackle? Should I use it on a center? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running backs down the list. But I go back to 2018. I mean, I didn't think the line, I didn't think the run blocking was very good this year. I thought it was much better in 2018, but nobody would ever know it because right. the quarterback play was so poor. And the running back. You mean 2019? 19, I'm yeah. sorry. The, the non-Ben year, right? Yeah. 2019. That if they would have had, I mean, I'm not even talking Lev Bell in his prime. But I mean, a good above average back in 2019, it would have been a lot different. When too. when James Conner was healthy that year. They were okay. They were okay. They were okay. Yeah. When he wasn't healthy, they were in trouble. They were a disaster. Yeah. Right. So it makes you think you might. What about this approach? Like, So who's your... Who's your two though? You know, like if you if you're going to be pretty dedicated to, we're going to use a pretty high pick on a rookie, and we know one's going to be there at 25 or 24. We'll probably leave this thing with a good back. I wouldn't hate bringing Connor back. I wouldn't hate that. I I, I would like to have a veteran back behind him, kind of right. like they did with Bell early in his career, kind of right. like the Angelo Williams. Okay, you got the young guy here. He's gonna need you, know, you need somebody in there, and you still have a very young running back room, regardless. And and inexpensive. Yeah, inexpensive doesn't right. cost you anything. So you can go out, you could find a, a veteran running. You know, Carlos Hyde was two million dollars for, right, the, for right. the Seahawks this year. Carlos Hyde would look great as your number two running back. And he's gonna help your first round pick or early pick with protections and you know all those yeah. different all the little tips and things. Right. Here's, here's what to look for when the, the you know the linebacker yeah. shows this and you know do this that kind of so, stuff. So that's why Frank Gore's still in the league, not because he's right. good anymore. He's yeah. a huge positive influence over everybody, and he knows exactly where to go and all those type of things. There's more to playing running back than just being big and fast, you know. Yeah. So, um, but a guy like Connor or Jamal Williams or Hyde, you know, after a month of Pick, free agency, there'll be guys cut loose, man, like crazy. Guys cut loose too, yeah. you know, with some size to them. I, I don't think that would your running back room would still be very somebody with a little bit of pedigree that the young guy is going to say, oh yeah, I, uh, you know, I've seen you have success. I, yeah, I've right. seen you. I've seen you rush for a thousand yards. Mark Ingram. And, yeah, or, you know, yeah, you know, that kind of guy. Like that. Yeah, I mean, without question. And then McFarland's your wild card third guy. That maybe the light turns on. Maybe yeah. he gives you something, but you're not counting on him. Because realistically, for me, if I'm the Steelers, I'm going into this offseason and I'm saying, okay, um, I need really two two running backs. Right. Because I'm not guaranteeing Jalen Samuels anything. Or Snell. You're two years into Snell. I think he does enough on on special teams that yeah, you know. But he's not in my too deep. No, no. I'm not. Com- I'm I'm not happy if I come into if I go into training camp and Benny Snell is still the number two back. Exactly, exactly. I mean, he probably makes the team. Right. I mean, because you do need your you know your backs do need because that veteran running back that you sign probably isn't playing teams. Probably not. I mean, the hides of the world. Yeah, Ingram those guys aren't playing teams. And Anthony McFarland. Isn't he's, playing teams. He's not helping you unless he's either. returning kicks. Mm-hmm. And you probably have somebody else that could do that too. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and still, again, cheap running back room. If you could have a veteran that's kind of in the Hayward Bay mold of yeah. the running back room, 
but younger. You know, obviously running backs don't last as long. And the youngest youngest guy is by far your most talented dude in that room. That's not a bad situation. It's not a bad situation, yeah. right? It isn't. I mean, even and you can scheme up the run game too. I mean, your line doesn't have to be wonderful to be able to run the football. That was one of the issues with Legarrette Blunt, by the way. Um, he was brought in to be that guy, to be that mentor type player. But it was his personality, right? But he, he was mentoring in the wrong way. Yeah, right, yeah, right, the wrong right. direction. Right. Like D'Angelo is a much better example. Right. He was sure. a much better fit. So the, you know, you have to pick the right guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you do need that. Would you know, be useful. Yeah, when you have that young, when you have a room that's that young, but that young, right, yeah. and, and that inexperienced, and yeah, I, I think you're, that's a smart way of looking at it. That pigeonholes you a little bit, though. You know, like on draft day, what if we don't get our guy, or what if this tackle that we can't believe is still there is there, and we end up not getting our guy? You know, you're better somewhere else. Well, I think I think you need to be aggressive with it. Yeah. If, you, if you do go tackle in the first round, then you need to be aggressive with it to go get the running back. To to unless you, unless you know they maybe they have a better grade on some of these other guys. And that's what I was going to say. Some they other, might like five or six of yeah. them, where we only like three, and we may like four or five by draft day too. Right. You know? I, mean, I mean, there's some guys out there. Right. Uh, that that could be from Oklahoma. Yeah. Or the Virginia Tech kid, or Sermon, maybe, or you know, I yeah. mean, some of those dudes. It depends on what you're looking for, and and. That's the thing, you know, I've seen about, you know, Mac, what, what kind of back does Matt Canada favor? Well, he had success in college just in his last couple of stops with James Conner, mm-hmm. with Anthony McDonald, McFarland, right. McFarland uh, with Darius Geis. Oh, yeah, okay. Those are three different backs. Yeah, McFarland's not like the other. He's others, not like the other ones. Geis is more talented than all I, of them. I, I got, we have this thing on, on, on DKPittsburghSports.com. Um, that you can up cup or down cup something if you like it. If you like it, you up cup it. If you down cup it, you down cup it. And okay. If you don't like it, you down cup it. So somebody asked me. Just like a thumbs up, thumbs up yeah. type of thing. Okay. Um, is Ben capable of running Matt Canada's offense? And I, and I said, that's not the question that needs to be asked. The question that, need, that, that a good, good coaches adjust to the players that they have, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Right, right, right. You don't ask players to do something they're not capable of doing. Especially that's, at the quarterback. That's position. bad coaching. If that's you do that, coaching. you're not going to be around very long. Sure. I got down cupped like crazy. <laughs> Are you people morons? This is what I wanted to say. I didn't yeah. say this on there. And, and, and if anybody's listening who, who, who down cupped me on this, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. If, if you were a coach, right. and I, bring, I, I, I use the Rich Rodriguez Comparison oh, yeah. all the time. That's a great one, right? We have to. He, he takes a job at Michigan, which Where was get which was right, nine right. and four the year before he got there. They have all these high recruits as, as offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have a pocket right, passer. Right, right. All that stuff is in place, and he says, "Oh no, we got to run my system." Yeah, his system was built to win at smaller schools that don't get those kind <laughs> of players. Linemen, right? Right. I mean, we played against him at Pitt. It was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, he, he leveled the playing field a little you, bit. He fell in love with his year. system. Right. As opposed to adjusting. And they went 3-9 and nine the next year. <laughs> as for Canada and Ben, trust me, I think they need to marry their ideas. Right. You know, like, hey, I can make... This is what Honestly, Kevin Colbert was talking about when yeah. he says we're not going to we're not going to just simply implement Matt Canada's style and system yeah. overnight. You can't go out and get the players that he wants in his system overnight. Yes. So you have to adjust. Uh, there's a couple of really good examples of that around the league. Two years ago, the Packers hire Matt LaFleur, who brings in a Shanahan system, right. massive play action, 
And the old dog, Rodgers, wasn't real up for it in year one. You know, they won 13 games, but he was nothing like this player. Right. And he didn't, when he wasn't close to the MVP conversation. He bought in much, much more. And they both came to an agreement. You know, like, okay, and I understand you a little bit after one year. And the same thing was true, actually. Shanahan's first year as offensive coordinator with Atlanta, Matt Ryan has come out many times and said, we didn't really see eye to eye that first year. The second year, they went to the Super Bowl and should have won it. Yeah. And he should have won the MVP. I think he did, actually. You and know, see, like, I, I think here's where the Steelers are a, a step ahead of that on the progression. Had the one year Because Canada's, yeah, Canada's yeah, 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 worked right. with Ben for the, for the first year. They exactly. implemented some of that stuff this year. They both they know each other. Right. He was his quarterback coach. Right. <laughs> you know, so you have those things in place. And, you know, they, they were two really good potential Hall of Fame old dog quarterbacks that changed the way they play because the league is giving you those opportunities. You're crazy not to. Yeah. But don't ask him to be Lamar Jackson. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, right. good coaches adjust to what they have. Yes. You know, I, I, I equated, you know, I, I've coached baseball for years. I coached basketball for years. If I have a, if I have a team of, uh, if I'm coaching a basketball team and my team is, is I get, I got five, six, five guys. Sure. We're not going to be sprinting up and down the floor. We're not breaks, fast breaking yeah, like crazy. Yeah, yeah, right. We're going to get in a half-court set, and I'm going to pound the ball inside. Mm-hmm. If I've got a bunch of 5'9 guys, yeah, we're going to fast-break a lot because we can't get into a, a, great a half-court right. set. Sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, if, 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 if I've got a, a, a big lumbering baseball team, mm-hmm. we're not going to be bunning and stealing bases. Right. We're going to try to hit doubles and home runs. And think about it from Canada's shoes. Like you said, he's got a year in the building, a year in very close quarters with Ben and Rudolph at the time, but he takes the OC job a couple weeks ago or whatever. Not knowing exactly who his opening day starter is, but pretty much knowing it's not going to be a great athlete. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's he took the job be, knowing that. He took the job knowing that. Okay, they picked up Haskins. Rudolph's going to make the team. Rudolph might be my opening day starter. It's probably going to be Ben, who I'm most familiar with. That's who I know. I mean, it's not going to be some super athlete. Now he you may get. Now he may get like a. You know, they could say, "Hey, uh, which one of these mid-round quarterbacks do you like this year?" Sure. We're gonna we're gonna throw one into the equation here because you're gonna get and it again, might be Jamie Newman who's different course, than yeah, everybody, right? right. And yeah. you get that guy and you get to work with him for you know a year or two and, sure. and, and see what you got. Or Absolutely. they may wait until next year and say, okay, which one of these first round guys do you like? You know, exactly. to and be I that guy. That's how it'll go, right? And of course, he's watching quarterbacks as we speak, putting grades on all. Absolutely. Of them. Trey Lance happens to fall for some crazy reason, they grab him, and yeah. it's nothing like what they have. But you know, I mean, you got to be realistic too. Yeah, I mean, again, but that's that's just good coaches adjust to what they have, not the other way around. Not the other way. That's around. how you get fired, right? And it's different <laughs> in college. You know, I can recruit. Yeah, this I can go out and get. Athlete. I can go get twenty five quarterbacks. We can recruit twenty five mm-hmm. different athletes, and I'll figure to out where they're going to go. Or right? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, in the NFL, it's like if I get a good player, I got to make things easy for him. It, it's too. like what you know. When I remember when when Mike Tomlin was talking about Aaron Donald when Aaron Donald was coming sure. out in the draft. And Aaron Donald didn't fit the Steelers' system. That's a yeah. He, he was didn't not fit, a three-four. He's not a three-four yeah guy at all. But Tomlin said, you know, for a guy like that, you figure out what you you draft a player, mm-hmm. and then you figure out how you can best use him because he's the best player, regardless. And of course, you might not have as high a grade on him as a pure four-three team because you right. do have a certain scheme. But if he's better than everybody, you still add him and make you know yeah. you make concessions. He's sitting there, you know. He go he, he went a couple of picks before the Steelers, but mm-hmm. if he's still sitting there that year at fifteen, they probably they pro- yeah. I mean, he, right. he just take the player. I, I mean, in, in that situation, you just 
rush them on third downs even or switch your defense completely once you yeah. establish himself as an elite player, you yeah. know. So, and they have already. I mean, uh, Cam Hayward and Tuit, they're similar to Aaron Smith and Kiesel and those guys, but not really of what right. they're asked to do. I mean, the defense has changed dramatically. They've, they've changed what they do because of the players that they have. Yeah, and the way the leagues go. Yeah. You know, right. Now they, you know, that now they ask those guys. You're allowed to rush the passer. You're not just holding up guys to or mm-hmm. taking on you know double teams so the outside linebackers can get there. Right. You guys to be playmakers up front. Yeah. It, it goes. I mean, it's the it's the old uh, when you have red paint, you paint the barn red. <laughs> right. That's right. why Tomlin says that. That's a, it's an old coaching adage, and it's absolutely correct. It is. If you if you have red paint and you try to paint the barn green, doesn't look so good. Doesn't look. It, it, first of all, it's not green. <laughs> and if they're paying you to for it to be green, we say, well, I don't have any green paint. Yeah. You know. Well. And, uh, and defenses now are so less stringent upon that stuff too. You know, just just give me good players and I'll fit them in. And I think offenses have gone that way, too. I mean, very few teams are like, we need this style of running back. I mean, if they love Travis Etienne and have a top 10 grade on him or a top 15 grade on him because of all his big playability, well, we're going to run the ball a little differently than we had before. Yeah, you you change the way that, you know, okay, he's better in zone scheme than he is. Mm -hmm. Man, all right, we're going to run more zone scheme. We're going to run more zone. we got a young line anyway that we need to teach coach up anyway. You know, so uh, it it sounds like there's good communication between – Ben and the team, and, and that's what needed to take direction. place. I think right. that's you know to get back to our initial point that right. that, that was all part of this. this the, the, because the contract stuff to me is pretty simple. Right, there's not many options with the contracts. Right, you know it's not. If Ben were to balk at it and say, "I I'm not changing my contract," well, then we got a problem. Yeah. But, you know you're going to get your money. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sure he's being cordial about it and all. I mean, he said something about. I'm not really worried about the money. Well, because he knows he's getting it. He's, <laughs> he's not playing for nothing. He's going to get the money that's guaranteed to him, however shape or form it's in. But we need to have some philosophical discussions about how we can make this offense better yeah. and make your life easier. We're and, trying and, to help and the, you. The people who say, well, he should just pl- pl- you know wave all that and just play for a million dollars. Would you do your job for free? That's basically what you're asking. Yeah. Right. A job that, oh, by the way, can maim you for life. And you've been one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. You don't do that. You don't ask, and you don't. If you're the Steelers, I don't know that you ask him to do that. No, that's embarrassing. That's a slap in the face. That's a slap in the face, right? And it doesn't send the right message to the rest of the locker room, right? I mean, you know, like it's that's not good for winning in the big picture or the team in the big picture. Um, yeah, I mean, so in the end, what we think is going to happen is he's going to sign a three-year deal, right? Probably, probably, yeah, out. probably a three-year. That gets them again. That allows them to save if they if they just turn everything into. The signing bonus. bonus. Um, that saves them fourteen million dollars this year. That gets them under the That's salary cap. Yeah, it's a good chunk of money. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to ask yourself: you know, would you rather have Ben Roethlisberger at fourteen? You know, in your in five million less in cap space, or no Ben Roethlisberger? You have five million more in cap space, but now you got to go sign somebody. You better sign somebody. You got to you got to sign because you don't even know that Dwayne Haskins is you can't going to be on your equation, roster, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean. In, Unless they love, adore Rudolph. And I think if they loved or adored Rudolph, Ben might not be back. Right. You know, I mean, if they thought he was a star. I don't think any, uh, I mean, again, I'm the biggest Mason, Mason Rudolph guy that you'll find in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. And I, I mean, he's, that's, he's not, that's not who he is. That's not who he is. I mean, I don't think that's what he ever I think he's a, he's a capable backup. He's a guy that, okay, if everything around him is great, you know, maybe you're a, you're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. 
But we're talking about a team that's going to lose some pieces here Yeah, that, you know. It's funny, too, because I don't think they would have traded for Stafford or Goff or Wentz. Guys have already moved. I So I don't think it was like, well, maybe we'll try this Stafford route. Uh, it didn't work out. We'll settle for Ben. Like, I don't think they were buying that was not, for that. That was never or, on the cards, yeah. You know, we're, we're going to go the Darnold route. And I, I just think this year was too hard. Next year you can. Yeah, next, next year, year that makes sense. Of Wentz or Darnold, or and as whoever. we're seeing, I mean, the last two years, I mean, last year at this time, we're talking about what a, all the quarterback movement that's going to take place right, this year, right. and then this year, well, this is going to be an unprecedented year for quarterback movement. Next year, what's next year going to be looking? You know, right, it's the right, same right. thing. Everybody's looking for that guy. Everybody's looking for that guy, and we've always talked about the first rounders that move teams left and right. Uh, Rudolph's going to be a free agent. You know, I mean, yeah. like there's other there guys will be agent. guys available next year that that nobody's even thinking about right now. Is, sure, you know, are the Raiders going to you know they, they could move on from Derek Carr or maybe the again we talked about Jordan Love. Um, yeah, I was saying, Jordan Love was about the name I was yeah. about to mention too. Or uh, who's who drafts a quarterback this year that that uh, you know we didn't expect, and all of a sudden now that mm-hmm. you know maybe you, or, you, you, know, you right. get a you get a, a, a Romo situation in Dallas with Dak Prescott, where Dak Prescott comes oh, out yeah. and. Oh, he looks good. Or, I mean, or, I mean think, Russell Wilson with Matt Flynn. Atlanta you know? drafts Justin Fields, and Ryan's great this year. But you got Fields sitting there, so yeah. you got they move on from Ryan. I mean, there's a ton of different examples. They're hard to see today. Right. You know, I mean, who, who knows? Daniel Jones has a big year, but they don't want to bring him back. Or I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different options. The league changes very, very fast. Very quickly. I mean, a year ago at this time, it was unthinkable that the Eagles would trade Carson Wentz. Unthinkable. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And even Goff. Or Goff. I mean, yeah. you never assigned Coming off a Super Bowl. Right, coming off Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, but next year, whoever those guys are, whether it's via trade or going in the free agent market or maybe even trading up in the draft, I think you're set up pretty well to attack it that You got the cap way. space, yeah. Right, right. You got the cap space. Much more so than this year. Yeah. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're, you've been listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We want to thank uh, Jacob Breck for keeping us on the air, and we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio.
We are back here on The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We're pleased to be joined at this time by a familiar voice here on Steelers Nation Radio, at least a familiar voice from the past. Uh, People may recognize this. If you're new to Steelers Nation Radio, maybe you don't. Uh, But Adam Crowley joining us uh, for this segment. Uh, How you doing, Adam? I'm good, and I think people would probably agree that Steelers Nation Radio has evolved leaps and bounds since I used to be on. <laughs> Things have done nothing but improved around there. Those preseason postgame shows we used to do, though, were gold. Well, and I think we're going to be doing five this year if uh, they still let me do it. I'm sure you'll be on board. I think it might only be three. Could be. Oh, yeah. well, actually four because they would have the Hall of Fame game, but it sounds like if they get the 17-game schedule – they're going to trim things back to three preseason games for everybody. Mm, Four for that, that team happens, that's in yeah. the. Uh, uh, that's oh, how they. That's right. how they make up for that seventeenth game because you know every other year then you would have two home games. Gotcha. And yeah, and you would sense. host then the the seventeenth yeah, game. I bet that happens. Yeah. yeah. See, this is why you have me on because I'm so tapped into all the goings on around the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm assuming Adam that you've been paying attention to the Ben Roethlisberger saga. And uh, have seen uh, everything that's transpired here in the last couple of days uh, in regards to Roethlisberger's return. Uh, as a former radio shock talk shock talk show, there you go, shock jock yourself. Uh, this would have been talk show fodder or gold for you as somebody trying to get listeners in. But is this a good situation? Is this is this what the way you thought this would play out? I think it was. Honestly, and maybe now I'm just saying that because it's all come out and it makes sense the way that it's gone down to me. If I'm the Steelers, of course I want Ben to take a pay cut. If I'm Ben, I probably don't want to take a pay cut, and they'll find a way to get this done. Uh, I had said at the beginning that I didn't want Roethlisberger to come back because I didn't think the Steelers were going to contend for a Super Bowl either way. And so why not move on and start the quote-unquote rebuild? But that's not the way the Steelers go about their business. And if the goal is to win this upcoming season, then this is the best option to help the Steelers win in 2021. Yeah, I agree with that. You always have a good pulse of Steeler Nation. You know, the, the people around here and Steelers you know, fans around the country, do you think people are – satisfied, unhappy, you know, like what, what do you think this news, what kind of ripple effect is? Oh, I can tell you from reading my stories they're they're not real happy about it, which is shocking to me. You you leave the season with a bad taste. Maybe that's that's just the the vocal minority. I don't know, but they're very vocal. Oh, I'm sure there's (laughs) the, the negative folks are always are. Yeah. And that's what I've seen a lot of, but, they also Man, don't have answers. They don't have the, the ultimatum. They don't have the answers, though. They just don't like what they see. Right. No, we don't want Ben Roethlisberger back. Okay, what's your plan? What do you want to do? <laughs> right, right. Well, they don't, they don't have a plan. I mean, you go back two months ago, uh, two and a half months ago, whatever it was. Uh, we're stuck in time now. But the Steelers were 11-0, and Ben Roethlisberger was playing well. I was caping on Twitter for him not to win MVP, but – not to be dismissed outright the way that he had been by a lot of the folks in the national media. And if you would have asked Steelers fans then, hey, do you want to load up with Ben one more year? I think all of them would have said yes. We are just, at this point in society, I think we, we focus on what's happened more recent, and we don't tend to look at the bigger picture. And Steelers fans are upset they got blown out by the Browns. 
and that they finished one and five down the stretch. But the Steelers did start off eleven and zero. They were the AFC North division champions, and Ben Roethlisberger, as recently as the Colts game, was outstanding. Yeah. So does he have nothing left? No, I don't think that that would be fair. And I know that I was critical of him at times at the end of last season. I think that's fair, but you know, could it have been a, a prolonged slump? Uh, there were some ups and downs. If the Steelers can find a way to rebuild this offensive line on the fly, find a way to get a running game around Ben Roethlisberger, then I think number seven is going to look a lot better for it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, when I look at it, they won 12 of the game, 16 games that he started this year. He threw 37 touchdown passes in those games. 37 touchdown. People yeah. tell people saying that he is washed up. I didn't get it all. Right. That uh, you don't. Quarterbacks who throw 37 touchdown passes in 16 games are not washed up. Quarterbacks who throw 15 touchdown passes in 16 games, like like a Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was washed up at the end when he was done. Drew Brees was obviously done at the end of this. Eli. I I don't think that Roethlisberger's at that point yet. Well, and you wonder how things look if they determine to kick a field goal at the end of that Washington game, and the Steelers receivers don't have the dropsies against the Baltimore Ravens and then throughout the end of the year. They were right there in that Buffalo game against a really good team on the road until the second half and some things happened there. You know, I I don't think that this team is going to just flat out stink next year. And I have a lot of faith in Mike Tomlin. I have a lot of faith in Kevin Colbert that they're going to do their best to surround Ben Roethlisberger with talent that's going to be able to help them contend again. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. But could this team win 10 games? Yeah, I don't think that that's far from the realm of possibility at all. They won 12 last year. Yeah, Dale had a good point in a, in a previous show. Okay, maybe you're not the Vegas favorites to win the Super Bowl with Ben, but if you win 10 games, which seems very possible, and you're hot at the right time, I mean, I didn't think the Bucks were going to win the Super Bowl either. You know what I mean? Like, right. get in and see what happens. Yeah, you're right about that, and... I mean, look at the AFC. Am I am I positive what Carson Wentz is going to do with the Indianapolis Colts? No. Sure. And I know that you guys have gone back and forth on that. I've gone back and forth on it with, with Euler and Moats, and we'll see what happens there. Um, the Ravens, uh, they got hot at the right time at the end of last year, but for stretches they absolutely didn't look like the team everyone thought they were going to be. Uh, I'm not willing to just crown the Browns because they beat the Steelers in one playoff game and then subsequently lost the next one, albeit to the Chiefs. Uh, I'm, I'm not just willing to say that the Browns are the class of the AFC North now. So if the Steelers return with most of that defense intact and we'll see what happens with the Cam Suttons of the world, stuff like that, um, I, I think they're going to have a shot to be in every game. When you've got that defense, you're going to have a shot. That's the one thing people who wanted the Steelers to move on from Ben Roethlisberger and, and maybe me included – uh, didn't really think about as much is, you know, that defense is pretty darn good. And if they can figure out a couple of bumps that they had down the stretch on offense, well, all of a sudden things don't look so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been my point all along. Like, it, you know, this is not the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're, you know, right, the people right. saying, well, just blow it up. Well, what does blow it up mean? Are, are yeah. you trading Minka Fitzpatrick? Are you trading T.J. Watt? Are you trading Cam Hayward? Because that's blowing it up. Right, right. 
that's, that's and that that doesn't work. That doesn't. Done, you don't right. do that in football. That's what the Jacksonville Jaguars did. Then they blew no everything up. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Then then what are you leaning on? Now all of a sudden, okay, well, good. You got the first overall pick in the draft. What are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing, Dale. Is they were never the Steelers were never going to blow it up. So if Mason Rudolph was the guy and they still had their defense intact. I mean, they're not they're not having a high top ten kind of draft pick anyway. I mean, they went eight and eight right. two years ago, and I think Mason Rudolph's a better player now than he was then. And you're not going to have to rely on a Duck Hodges situation. So, if Mason Rudolph was the guy this year, what are they going to go eight and eight, nine and seven, something like that, maybe? And then what? Well, okay, you're not getting your quarterback in the first round, not the guy that everybody wants in your in your top ten. So, to to not blow it up go on with Mason Rudolph, well, what does that really accomplish? This this is the best chance for them to win this year, and I've come around on that. This is kind of how I see it, too. And, and I'm not saying that Tomlin's Belichick, but Tomlin is, has a pretty darn good track record. Belichick won seven games this year with maybe the worst roster in the league and zero passing game. I'll mm-hmm. bet that the Saints without Drew Brees win seven games at least with Sean Payton. Like, some of these coaches around the league, Carroll and – Reed and Harbaugh, they're going to win games. They know how to win games in this league. Unless disaster totally hits, you're going to win six, seven, eight, nine games, no matter what, almost. And if that's the version of a Steeler rebuild, and next year we're all talking about, wow, they won seven, seven games, they're picking 16th in the draft, they've got all this cap space, and they're going to trade for a quarterback, like, and that's as low as you ever go, like, I'll take it. Yeah, that Worst would be case. nice. And, 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 you know, I know that this is the Steelers, and people expect championships and things like that. Uh, and the organization, it comes from the top, right? I mean, every year that they don't win, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin get behind the microphone, and they express their disappointment. And, okay, I understand why they talk that way, and I understand why they feel that way, but it's obviously not realistic to win the championship every, every year. year right. But to me, there's value in – if Ben comes back this year, which it looks likely he will, and they make the playoffs. I mean, I don't think Steelers fans understand, some of them anyhow, that making the playoffs is not an easy thing. I have to have this conversation with Penguins fans all the time, too. The Penguins aren't going to be good enough to win the Cup this year. It's just not going to happen. But if they make the playoffs, you know, there's a streak then. And if the Steelers don't have a losing season this year, if the Steelers do make the playoffs this year, you should be happy about that. I realize the Steelers got beat by the Browns in the playoffs this season, but they hadn't made the playoffs the two prior years. It was a lot of fun watching the team get back to the playoffs again, and without Roethlisberger, who knows what things are going to look like. I believe in the track record of the organization, but maybe you have a little bit of a down spell there till you get your footing, and I think that could be expected. So enjoy what you've got right now. And, and give it one more shot to, at the very least, make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think that makes the most sense. Uh, in, in terms of that whole, um, you know, expectation, you hear you hear this one a lot. Well, the Steelers have only won three playoff games in the last 10 years, or the last decade. Well, actually, if you, I mean, you can look at it that way, or you can say they've won three playoff games in the last five years. You know, <laughs> right, t- <laughs> right, right. You know, pick which which. What are you choosing? I, I wrote this on, on on one of my. Uh, somebody brought that one up to me on on the, my message board today. Well, the old you know the three playoff games in ten years. You know, is that the stand? Is that the new standard? 
I said, well, that could be the standard, or it could have been two playoff wins in the 80s, or it could have been no playoff wins pre-1972. I mean, pick <laughs> yeah, your, you know, what are, we, what are we picking here? I said, it's three playoff wins in the last five years. And the other thing on that is, I'll defend Mike Tomlin always. I think he's a heck of a coach, and, you know, people tend to pick and choose when they start counting and stop counting playoff wins with that guy, right? Like, the Super Bowl doesn't count. Going to the Super Bowl in 2010, that doesn't count. Yeah, we'll and start picking from there, is, right, yeah. Well, and then you have to look to me year by year, and you can't just zoom out and say, well, they've won this many playoff games in that many years. Look what happened. Look at the AFC Championship game uh, against the New England Patriots and Le'Veon Bell, who is the principal point of their offense, gets hurt early on. I mean, you're not going to have a shot in that game. You're throwing the ball to guys like Kobe Hamilton, yeah. and they're going to take Antonio yeah. Brown out of it. And Cam Hayward didn't play. <laughs> right. I mean, you look at Denver when they lost to Denver. You don't have uh, your starting running back, your backup running back, Antonio Brown. You don't have a, a fully healthy Ben Roethlisberger. I believe Marquise Pouncey missed that game. Uh, and, and yet, they still did a better job on Von Miller than anybody else did. They were in that game until the third-string running back fumbled the ball away. They, they probably would have won had he not. Uh, you have to look at those things. And the Ryan Shazier injury was a massive blow to this team, too. And it sounds like excuses, but to me there's a difference between excuses and reasons. And, boy, they've had a lot of really bad injury luck under Mike Tomlin in recent years. You know who else hasn't won a lot of playoff games in the last 10 years? Every team in the AFC that's not New England. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fact. It's just a fact. It's right. just a fact. I mean, until Sometimes. until they won their playoff game this year, you know, how many, you know, how many playoff wins the Ravens have since right, they won their right. last Super Bowl. And they're with, like the two. best organization in the last decade. They have two playoff yeah, right, wins right. since they won their last Super Bowl. Right. Nobody how, talks about that. How many is Buffalo and Miami and Cincinnati and Cleveland and then you know, like to go all the way down the line? I mean, the whole AFC doesn't have any playoff wins except for New England. No, the Steelers' biggest sin is that they're not the Patriots uh, and and haven't been now sure. for the last. 20 years. That's the Tim Ben's reasoning. <laughs> well, and, and it's frustrating because he's the greatest of all time. He just went to Tampa, for goodness sakes. And I realize that there's a lot that happened there, but he goes to Tampa, he wins the championship. That guy's pretty good. Uh, Bill Belichick, that guy's pretty smart. And the division in which they played, they're playing home games almost every year. When they didn't, they lost. When they did, they were darn near unbeatable. How many times are you supposed to win a championship? when you're going up against maybe the greatest dynasty in North American sports history. Uh, the Steelers, they won two, and they went to a third. Um, it hasn't happened in a long time. They've had their shots. Like I said, there have been injuries. But, look, I mean, how many times are you supposed to beat the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the Calgary Flames were awesome when I was a kid, but Gretzky was in their conference. And, yeah, whoops. I mean, I, bet yeah. you, I think Ewing's Knicks were pretty good. How do you think Raiders Jordan, fans felt right. in the 70s? Right, right. Right. <laughs> They had some. They might have been the second best team of the decade, cares, right? But they couldn't. They couldn't get past the Steelers in most of those years. Yeah, I mean, and you know, from a hockey standpoint, you just you look at the Capitals. They got one of the great players of all time, and they just they had a Penguins problem. I mean, mm -hmm. it just it, it happens, and it sucks to hear it, but it happens. And maybe that's not hot takey enough for some people, but. That's just the reality. The all-time greats are the all-time greats for a reason. And, look, Ben's going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. I think Mike Tomlin's going to have a strong case to wind up in the Hall of Fame. But would anybody call them the best of all time? No. 
Um, meanwhile, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, that's, that's the moniker that people use for them. I'll, I'll say this, too, about that. Um, until he won his, his, his Super Bowl uh, two years ago, Andy Reid had a losing playoff record. Yeah, right. Now Andy Reid won a Super Bowl, and he's he's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. His his regular season record pretty much the same as Mike Tomlin's. His performance in the Super Bowl was pretty similar to the Steelers against the Browns, by the way. Yes, <laughs> I mean it just was. Actually, it was worse. It was pretty bad, right? I mean they got they got smoked in that game. It was not a ringing endorsement for the coaching staff. It was not. There's, there's yeah. not much that annoys me more. Then you're watching a Steelers game on Twitter, and then people are you know, <laughs> telling you, oh, fire the coach. Meanwhile, they win the game. Or like a playoff series, right? And let's say McCutcheon would have gone 0 for 3 in game one, and they come back and they win the series. People before that, oh, McCutch, he can't, he can't hit enough to win. What the heck? <laughs> and, and then they wind up winning the series anyhow. We do this thing with like Peyton Manning, right? And we say he can never win the big game until he does. Or Bill Cowher, he can never win the big game until yeah. he does. Maybe we just wait. Maybe we just wait and see how their career winds up going before we start saying these guys can't do the things they might end up ultimately doing uh, at the end. Like NFL fans have already written off Lamar Jackson. That guy can never win. (laughs) Are you serious? He was the MVP last year. Maybe get him a receiver. Right, right, right. Yeah, these things don't happen in a vacuum. Or overnight. We're overnight. Uh, yeah, uh, to your point that you that you said earlier, I don't know that people understand how difficult it is to a get into the playoffs and b win a game in the play. Like hitting five hundred in the playoffs is awesome. You know, Drew Brees has a five hundred career playoff record. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees, right? right said, you know, a lot of people talk about him as being one of the top quarterbacks of all time, mm-hmm. and he's got a five hundred well, playoff record. Yeah, Adam. Something I say a lot on this show is, okay, people want to bash Ben. That's fine. Um, I, and I think we'll all concede that Ben has had a lesser career than Breeze and Aaron Rodgers. Okay, right. I mean, they're two of the best that have ever done it. What What has Breeze and Rodgers done in the postseason? How many rings do they have? He's got the same number of rings in, as they do. And he's, and he's been to a, an extra Super Bowl, uh, by the way. Right, and his winning percentage in the postseason is about the same as theirs. Actually, you know? it might be it's better. better. I think it's better. Right? <laughs> it's better, yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's just... Things, it's a single elimination tournament. I always laugh, right? I'm a big hockey guy, but people always say the Stanley Cup is the toughest trophy in sports to win. No, no, it's not. Because you can have a bad night. You can lose 12 times. (laughs) Right, 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 right. You can have 12 (laughs) bad nights. Yeah, you can have 12 bad nights. The NCAA tournament, I mean, you you go 0 for 10, you know, from 3 in the first half, you're probably going to lose. I mean that, and that sucks. You're in the playoffs in the in the postseason, and your kicker doinks one off the crossbar. Sorry, you're going home. Or David Tyree yanks one off his helmet off the turf, and sorry, you're going home. The other team's allowed to make plays too. And and, and as much as people don't like to admit this, again because it's not super hot takey. I mean, there's there's a lot of luck. These games most of the time come down they're one possession games, mm-hmm. and. Can you make a play or, or can you not make a play? And and that's the way that, that it sort of comes out. Yeah. Yeah, right. Ask the Saints about that. They'll although you don't even need to ask them, they'll just offer that information. <laughs> <laughs> but like what was the the Mazeroski Yankees series? Oh, well, it was the series was ridiculous. The Yankees if those teams if those two teams played a hundred times, the right. Yankees win seventy <laughs> Eight of them, <laughs> right, not, you know, right, seventy right. to eighty of those games. Right, and Maz is the hero because they won four games by a run each or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But you're right. You can in hockey, basketball, whatever. 
you could have bad nights. It doesn't kill you. You're, you're still back tomorrow. Exactly. And uh, I keep I keep thinking about, you know, if Mendenhall doesn't fumble in the Super Bowl in 2010 or, or if Fitz Toussaint doesn't fumble uh, in, in Denver a handful of years ago or, you know, Joe Nenny doesn't flop against the Titans. I mean, how, how different some things look. I realize we're going back to coward days for that one, but I mean, I think it just it just tells you. I mean, the, the Bengals. I mean, they thought that they had a game wrapped up, and then yeah. we saw what happened there. And it's not easy to win playoff games. And they've got a coach, the Steelers do, who who has proven that he can do that. And you know, for the people who want him gone, now I'm taking this in a totally different direction, but. <laughs> They they hired a good coach. Is he all of a sudden not a good coach anymore? Like what like what happened there to make he's not a good coach? So uh, to me, Steelers fans, I don't think some of them understand how lucky that they are to be Steelers fans. And this and the Steelers are always the the management is always going to side with the coach. All you need to know about that is that Dan Rooney fired his own brother mm. rather than fire Chuck Noll. <laughs> Fired his own brother. Yeah. Coaches are hard to find. Coaches are hard to find. He fired Tom Donahoe, who was a family uh, friend. Did a great job. And did a great job and and kept Bill Cowher instead because, again, you can find personnel guys. Tough to find that good coach. You you identify the good coach and you stick with him. And, Adam, I bet there's two schmoes like Dale and I on Chiefs Nation Radio right now listening to – do we miss our window? Is it shot? Are we, are we going to go back? <laughs> should, we, should we blow it up? <laughs> well, and that's it. I mean, that's the recency bias and the prisoner of the moment stuff. Like, I remember when the Steelers beat the Ravens a couple years ago. It was the year that Lamar Jackson started the games following that loss to the Steelers, and the Ravens were 4-5. and five. I hate playing because I'm a huge baby. And so I was driving back from Baltimore after – producing in the booth and Ravens fans were going nuts. I was listening to the post game show saying, you got to fire Harbaugh. This guy's yeah. a joke. He's got no imagination. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's the most imaginative guy. We've ever seen. <laughs> exactly right. He's able to, to roll with the punches and paint the barn red and, you know, good coaches. They and now he's a loser way. again. He can't win the playoffs. Right. Really, and it's just, crazy. You know, to, to that point, look how many games they won with that guy. And, and yeah, I realize they've had their playoff failures. I would have to think, and we're jumping all over here, but I would have to think eventually that's going to translate. Well, that, that's what we do here on this show, Adam. We jump all over the place because it I is freeform jazz radio. Um, just, uh, But uh, we're going to let you go, Adam. We appreciate you stopping by. Always good to catch up with you, buddy. Uh, that is Adam Crowley. Of course, you can hear him all over the place on the iHeartMedia. Sure. Um, no matter where you're at in the country, I believe. Is that correct, Adam? Well, I'm in my basement in a closet, so that's well, all that matters to yeah. me. I mean, Time for you to get out of the closet, dude. Closet yeah, you, it's yeah. Long you've been in the closet for way too long, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to hang up. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate him stopping by. I'm Dale Lolly. Uh, that is Matt Williamson. We want to thank Jacob Reck for keeping us on the air throughout the segment, and we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio.
Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. You're listening to The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, Matt, uh, Daniel Jeremiah has uh, dropped his latest top 50 rankings. Right. This is his second version of his top 50 draft prospects. And uh, there's some movement there on is. this one. And as you would expect. As you would expect, especially this year, too. I mean, you find out more and more about these guys. And they don't always say this, but they talk to people and people tell them, we really like him or... Maybe you should go back and you know, take yeah. a look at yeah, this that guy. guy a little high. Right, that guy's right, right. a little low. Sure. And he always says he mocks with his ears and he does this with his eyes, which is his opinion as opposed to what he hears. But there's still carryover. You know, I mean, and you know. honestly, once you get past the first, again, 12 to 15 guys, mm-hmm. the next 40 guys could be anybody. Yeah, it gets a little. Greater. It gets a little. Yeah, they're right, all no doubt. largely the same. And once again, the Steelers aren't going to get one of those 12. <laughs> you know, right, like, yeah. That's just the way it goes with the same. Uh, so the guys he dropped out of his fifth top 50 from his initial top 50, Patrick Jones, the edge rusher out of Pitt, yeah. he was at 42. He that had, seemed a little rich to me. At the yeah, too. yeah. I, I don't think he's a second-round player. Uh, Marlon uh, Tui Polutu, mm-hmm. uh, the defensive tackle out of USC, he was 45. James Hudson, the offensive tackle out of Cincinnati, he was 46. That shocked me a little, just because I thought he had a good senior bowl and would be on the rise, but that doesn't mean five people don't didn't move up and he, you know. Right, doesn't yeah. mean you did something wrong to move down yeah. in, a, in rankings like these. Uh, Eric Stokes, the cornerback out of Georgia, moved, uh, falls out from 47. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like him. Yeah, and then Dale. Odie and Bingo, or whatever that is, uh, from uh, the edge rusher out of Vanderbilt. Oh, okay, okay. I don't. He's Deo. Do. We're just gonna call him Deo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was at number fifty. He dropped. He out. got the boot. Uh, so number fifty also moved down seven spots from his previous uh, top fifty. That's Elijah Moore, the wide receiver out of. Uh, I'm really high on Elijah Mississippi. Moore. Mississippi. I mean, yeah, he's a good player. All contested catch, a little small, thickly built though. I think he's a really good player. There's so many good receivers. Yeah, I mean that just show, goes to show you how good. Uh, Pat Fryermuth drops down to 49. That's an 11-spot drop. I'm not sure what he did wrong, but... He had a, he had surgery in the middle of the season. Uh, that, yeah. to me, is, is concerning. I, mean, I know we just did our, I just did our tight end uh, I did too. Uh, last night. And I... I, I did I you ran, hesitate to put him, too? I hesitated to... to put him, too, because, I, you know... and it, they, they, James Franklin said it's an undisclosed... Okay. In, I don't, so I don't know what it is. DJ's so dialed in, it makes me wonder if there's a red flag or two medically. Yeah. And what if he's sitting there in the second round for the Steelers? Well, the thing he you says I mean? is, you know, Fryermuth isn't a dynamic athlete, but he has a good feel for the position, should be a steady, reliable starter. He's not the athlete of some of these other guys. That no, are, no, he's you know, not. I mean, he, He's more of a... He gets these baby gronk comparisons because he's, not. he's an inline guy. Yeah. I mean, that's baby, baby. He's a Michelob Light all you know. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Uh, another guy falling in this one uh, is Aaron Robinson. He's down to 48. That's a nine... Nine uh, spot drop. He's mm-hmm. cornerback out of uh, UCF. 
there's a handful of long athletic yeah. corners that'll be day two guys that are interesting. Yeah. Uh, Liam Eichenberg actually bumps up two spots to 47, okay. the offensive tackle out of uh, Notre Dame. I think he's very reliable. Yeah. yeah I mean, the Notre good, Dame good offensive player. linemen have yeah. come into the league recently have done well. They have. You're right. Uh, 46, he was not rated before, which is kind of a surprise. It was Rashad Bateman, uh, the wide receiver out of Minnesota. It's funny because I listened to their podcast this morning. Coincidentally, I didn't know we were going to do this. And what DJ said is, I must have watched the wrong tapes on Bateman. Or it was, <laughs> the way he said it, he's like, boy, I... I ate the wrong Cheerios that day and was in the wrong mood because when I watched him a second time, he's good. Yeah. It's like I just missed on him the first time around, which happens in scouting. You might be Absolutely. in a bad mood that day or you watch the wrong tape or, you know, whatever. And the, all that matters is you get it right yeah. in the end. You're in your fourth hour of watching tape. And right, like, right. Oh, and your yeah. wife's screaming at you and the kid's crying. and You know, right. Down 10 spots to 45, Davian Nixon, the defensive tackle out of Iowa. He's a playmaker, but... Not many of these defensive tackles blow my skirt. Yeah, they don't. They don't really. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't mean there won't be two or three of them taken in the first no, round. Teams need them, right? Yeah. Like I think it really helps Barmore. That yeah. he may go higher than people think. Uh, Forty-four up four spots. Dylan Raddins, the North Dakota State offensive tackle. He's another one. I, uh, some of those guys, we would never think it in February, but ends up being the thirtieth pick in the draft, right. the late first, and you're like, boy, I didn't see that coming, and they're like. Oh, it adds up. Again, yeah, right. like for a guy to be ranked 44th, mm-hmm. it's not a stretch to see him. No. The, Someone the, might like him a little better If the than... 50th player on this on this right. rankings went in the first in, with the 32nd pick. The Chiefs take him yeah. at the end of the first round. And, oh, that makes it's, sense. it's the Terrell Edmonds argument. Right, well, he, right, he right. shouldn't have been a first rounder. But if you it, take him three picks later, nobody cares. Yeah. Right. I, I remember uh, Fredrickson, the, the, ta- the center from the Cowboys. They yeah. killed him. How can you use a first round pick on the center? It's like the best center of this generation, give or take. And if you take him one pick later, nobody would have cared. Right. So dumb. Uh, 43, not ranked before. Jabril Cox, the uh, linebacker out of LSU. He ended up on our squad he, on Monday, right? I think he did on yeah, Monday, yeah. 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 Um, he's a long, tall. He is. Um, not a banger, but fits today's NFL, to say the least. Yeah, and he, he gives for the thing that would intrigue me if I'm the Steelers with, with Cox is that he's – while he's similar to Bush, I bet they don't look the same. They he's walk six in the three. Door. Yeah, right. I like mean, so, you, then you have okay. To me, uh, the problem that you have if you're the Steelers, you can't have another short inside linebacker. One of the knocks on Bush, yeah. obviously. Um, it would be nice to pair him with somebody who's like six two, six three. Right. You know, you play the Ravens and Cox lines up on Andrews' side and Bush is on the other. You know right. what I mean? Th- those type of things. Bush. Is the guy against the back where Tony right. Cox is on the tight end or those type of things? So makes sense. Yeah. Uh, at forty-two, he was not ranked. Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback uh, out of Kentucky. Mm, yeah, he's got some ability too. Yeah, uh, he, he fits that mold to me of a lot to work with. Um, it's funny because I was listening to that podcast and DJ and Bucky were were laughing, saying, "Don't you people realize all you great receivers? If you're six foot." And Bucky was a it was a receiver turned corner. He's like, yeah. if you could walk and chew gum, and or move the corner back. athlete, move the corner. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to be a third round pick even if you can't play. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be the five nine corner, but if you're no. six foot six if you're one, six foot, and you're a pretty good receiver, learn to backpedal. Yeah, uh, forty one actually down four spots is Christian Barmore. I don't understand that. I've noticed that DJ is lower on him than most. I think there's a lot to work with there. He thinks it's a boomer, uh, boomer bust aspect to his evaluation, but he mm-hmm. has all the tools. See, I think he could go pretty high. 
Uh, 40, down four spots, Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver out of LSU. I've done a little more homework on him since. His effort isn't so great. And, you know, they, they didn't have close to the year they did a year right. ago. And maybe he thought about, you know, an opt-out type guy. I, I don't know. I think he did opt-out right before the Bama game, which rubs people a little bit the yeah. wrong way, too. No, I get it, but yeah. he's, he's talented. He's down and he's big, right. Uh, 39 up two spots, Aziz Ojulari, the uh, edge rusher out of Georgia. He's a little small and a little stiff. Yeah. But he's fast. You know, I mean, he, I think he's a get-off guy. See ball, hit ball. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, 38 was not rated before. So jumping in at 38. up. It's, uh, Ronnie Perkins, the edge rusher out of Oklahoma. Haven't heard a lot of buzz about him. But I that's, haven't either. And actually, uh, just to quote what DJ was saying about him was, his friends in the league aren't as high on Perkins as he is. He just really liked the tape. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like who you like. Uh, 37 up seven spots. Landon Dickerson, the mm. uh, center out of uh, Alabama. He, that makes me think he's pretty healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just um, reading the leaves there. He says he, he says he has first-round ability but will likely fall to the second round based on his injury concerns. That's mm-hmm. the problem that I have with because it's not just the, the injury that he had this year. Oh, he's got history. He tore one at Florida. He tore an ACL at Florida State as well. Yeah, and your doctors really have to give you the stamp of approval. I love his style of game. I'd love for him to be a stealer, yeah. healthy, of course. But I can't take him at 24, and I don't think he'll be there in the second round. That's tough. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, if you're trading around, maybe, but I don't know that he'll be a stealer. 36. This is as high as I've seen this guy, and he's actually down five spots. I don't. I didn't remember him being on the other one. But Tutu Atwell, the wide receiver out of Georgia or out of Louisville. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that, but listening to that podcast, <laughs> they had Louisville's head coach on the podcast to end it, who happened to be DJ's coach in college. Yeah. So I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a good. good player. He's a good football player. Yeah. But I think that might be a little rich. It might be a little rich. I yeah. mean, he have him at abatement. He had him. He had him 31st before on the last one. I didn't even remember that. I didn't remember that either. But I will say, Louisville's head coach compared him to T.Y. Hilton. I mean, if you want to get a, a player comp, he's a small, tough guy. Okay, but T.Y. Hilton was a third round draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> There's ten receivers I would take over. Yeah. Him easily. Uh, this guy. Was not rated before. He must have been watching some Kentucky tape. Yeah. Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky at 35, he was not ranked before. He's another long one, though. He's yeah. like a 6'3", looks like Anthony Barr type, probably a little leaner. Yeah. yeah but not the traditional body type. Like Cunningham, maybe, for Houston. Yeah. So, I mean, those good, again, that, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of guy that I'd be looking for from the Steelers. Like, yeah. one of those guys that— You don't want the 5'10 guy, probably. No. You're right. Even a six-footer who's, mm-hmm. you know— Stumpier. Uh, 34, down a spot. Mac Jones. Hmm. I think that's where he belongs. He'll go higher than that because yeah. he's a quarter because of the position he plays, but I think that's fair. If you're putting a chip down, will he be there at 24? No. I, th- I vote no, too. No. There's just because too many... Too many teams that need quarterbacks. Bears and Washingtons yeah. and New Englands, let alone even a Carolina, possibly, that just need them. Yeah. Uh, 33, down six spots. Jason Oa, the edge rusher out of Penn State. Hmm. He's one that needs a – I mean, if it was combine week, he may have moved up six points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know well, I mean? in, yeah. and in recent years, the Penn State guys have all tested well. Extremely well. Yeah. yeah. Some of the I'm, – I'm excited about some of these pro days. He, he's near the top of the list on that. Yeah. 32, up two spots. Javante Williams, running back ah, out of North go. Carolina. Starting to get a little first-round buzz. Getting a little first-round buzz. Right. 
would you take it if the other two guys are gone, or if let, let's say let's say ATN is still on the board? I like him better than ATN. ATN. I know you do. Right. Um, I can't quite get there yet to do that. But if you have the, if you're sitting there 24, you can't find a trade down partner, and you don't like that. You don't. You're not in love with any of the tackles. There was a run on tackles early. Yeah. It, it, everything goes as, as bad, bad as, as possible. As bad as possible. Say. Do you take Javante Williams at 24? Remember we did this so often last year with where they pick 48. Yeah. We came up with 47 players. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? And I'm sure we'll get to that point. I doubt Williams in my top 24. Because I think, but I, I here's the problem. You have distinct needs that you, like, can you afford, do you take a wide receiver just to take, well, he's the best guy on the board. Well, that no, doesn't help your would, run game. But I take Micah Parsons. Well, that's different. You know that's a I different mean? argument. It is a different argument. But, I mean, for our scenario. If, the, if it's a choice between Mac Jones and Javante Williams. I would take Williams. Right. Jones wouldn't be in my top 24. If it's a if it's a pick between, uh, let's say. Uh, but it doesn't take long to get to 24 is my point. You know, like, Javante Williams and Nick Bolton. Does Nick Williams. Bolton, does Nick Bolton move the needle enough for you? So there's. But how about Notre Dame linebacker? He's really tiny, he's really though. really tiny. Yeah. But. I mean, but it doesn't take long to get to 24 is my point. Like, there's four quarterbacks I take ahead of them. There's at least a running back, if not more. There's three, four, five tackles I take ahead of them. I mean, I'll take Jalen Waddle ahead of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't take long to get there. I'll take. But some of those guys aren't going to be available. There's no chance. Yeah. But it doesn't take long to get to 24. So, as we sit here without figuring out my Steeler top 24 board, which could be a good project for us maybe next week, I would say no, but it's probably not far off. Like you said, the Boltons and Joneses and those guys. Some of the guys that just don't fit, or right, or right. Barmore, or someone like that, like or even Cosme, or yeah. you know what I mean, or the best edge guys out there. Eh, you know, would you take him over Quiddy Pay or Owe? Yeah, you know, I Rob, would. I yeah, because you know what are they going to do for you the first year? Yeah, that guy's gonna get the ball a lot more and be on the field a lot more, and you need it. And so that's when when people talk about the quote unquote best player available. Every happens. team's board is different based on need when <laughs> right, it comes right, to best player available. Right. I mean, everyone b- builds a board vertically and, and horizontally. And if he's on the same horizontal plane as all those guys, well, you take the position in need. And again, when you're when you're picking 24th and you're not in that top 15, unless one of those top 15 guys fall right, to you. Right, right, right. Then you take you take the guy who's the, you mm-hmm. know, who who fits your team the best. It kind of was the Edmonds conversation. Right. You know. Uh, but I love him. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I'm curious how he tests too. Not that it really matters to me at running back, but I am yeah. curious. I mean, if he if he comes in at four five five on in the four, that's fine with me. I mean, he was he could run a four six two, and I wouldn't care. He was part of a state championship sprinting, uh, mm-hmm. four, you know, four hundred what he weighs. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's everything that you want. There is a two hundred twenty pound running back that young, not a lot of wear and yeah. tear off the tires. Uh, yeah, uh, Greg Newsom. Do you think he's there in the second round? I don't think he is, and that's the problem. That's the problem, right? That's the problem, right? You know, if you don't go, if you don't take him in the first round, then you're not going to get one, and you know, then you're picking out of that second tier or even third tier running backs. The more we talk, the stronger I feel their first pick is going to be a running back. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, if you want that guy, you better take him. Yeah, uh, thirty-one, Greg Newsom, the cornerback out of uh, Northwestern. That's up nine spots. He's really high on him. He mocked yeah. him in the first round too. He's another. Long, you know. 30, Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. 
I was watching him the other day. I like him a lot. I'm doing my yeah. tackle ranks as we speak. He's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. But, uh, I, I will say he doesn't really play anybody in that league, though. That, well, that's the problem. He's not a lot of and, and then he opted out up. this year. Right. Yeah. There's not a lot of people he lines up against. You say, wow, that's a real challenge. But. Uh, 29, Nick Bolton, the linebacker out of Missouri. Good player. Yeah. I'd have a tough time using a first-round pick on him for any team, to be honest with you. He's fine, but he's a top 50 guy. Yeah. Well, really, I mean, again, you're, you're juggling yeah. this yet. So. Uh, at 28, down five spots, Levi Onwer Zikre, uh, the defensive oh, okay. tackle out of uh, – I'm not pronouncing these names right. No. I'm, defensive uh, tackles are a, a tongue twister this year. It's tough. Yeah, they yeah. are. Um, hey, he, he's fine. I don't have a – I'll be honest. I don't have a firm grasp on the defensive tackle top guys. Like, I would uh, – yeah. I will when we get to that part of my list. I, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. I don't any idea how I'd rank my top five right now. It's, I don't feel like I have a good. I haven't on seen a, a consistent like those a lot two of guys. Opt-outs. He and, and Barmore are the top two guys, and yeah. then after that, there's a bunch of different. Right, and USC dudes. I like the Ohio State guy. I mean, but but they're all like top hundred guys, right. not top not top twenty five. I think what I'm saying is none of them excite me that much. Yeah, you know. Um, twenty seven. Joe Tryon, the uh, edge rusher out of Washington. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. He's a really good player. But again, if you're the Steelers, do you take Joe? I mean, you know, it's a. Uh, I would take Williams over Tryon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know. Um, Twenty-six, up two spots. Christian Derisaw. I'm taking Derisaw. I'd take Derisaw right. over. Yeah. But that might be my cutoff at tackle. Probably so. Yeah. Because there's so many others. And yeah, there's other guys, other and there's really not that much difference with, with them. My second round tackle is going to be a lot better than my second round back. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-five down a spot is Jalen Mayfield. He actually has Mayfield ahead of mm. Derisaw. I'm, don't know that I would agree with that. I won't agree with it, but Mayfield's in my top five. Yeah. I was working on it this morning. Uh, 24, Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of uh, Tulsa. He'd be interesting next to Bush, but that's a luxury you just can't afford. Yeah. I mean, he, he's so long, and he could come off the edge, and, you know, very different than Bush, but you kind of don't think he can go that way. I think, I think – I bet they like him. Oh, I'm sure they I'm sure right. they would, but, you know, you look at it and you go, okay – that would be like nine straight years of a defensive players and like four mm-hmm. linebackers in the last six years. Like, you, just, yeah. you know, it's, it's a luxury they can't afford this yeah. year. I mean, and, and to your point is your, is your third round linebacker, um, that much, that much is right. he, is the third round linebacker better or is the third round running back better? Right. This I year it right. might be the linebacker. I mean, if Micah Parsons is sitting there at 24, right. that's, now, di- then it's diff- that's a different conversation. He's a transcendent possible player. Yeah. This guy's just a luxury. It'd be really fun to see on the team. Uh, 23, J.C. Horn, up two spots. The cornerback out mm-hmm. of South Carolina. Joe Horn's kid. And he'll be drafted higher than that. Yeah. It, I'm curious. Is he his third corner? I guess we'll figure that out here in a minute. But yeah. Most people seem to think he's becoming the consensus third corner. 22, Najee Harris, holding steady. We've talked about him a lot. Yeah. I like him. His comparison is uh, to Matt Forte. Yeah, I've heard him say that a lot. Yeah, I don't quite see that comparison. But I think just because they're both like six one mm-hmm. backs, they're both catch the ball pretty well too. Yeah. Bigger backs that can catch. Um, twenty one down a spot. Kadarius Tony. <coughs> I like Tony. I don't love him. Yeah, he wasn't in my top five receivers. I think he. I think he was in mine mm-hmm. just because there's a lot of different things you can do with him. Without question. I mean, I, I think you He's know somebody's. Weapon. Somebody's going to look at him and say, hey, that's going to be our Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah, right. You know. No, I mean, he has a lot of those qualities. Like I can see a, 
you know, a team like the Chargers saying, hey, let's get Justin Herbert a toy. Mm-hmm. Um, Hand it to him, yeah. throw a bubble screen. So he does a lot of things well. I just was not that high on him. 20 is Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher out of Miami. He's one, though, that he was asked to retire medically from UCLA. Yeah. I think it was concussions. Maybe that's long gone, but if he concussion, falls, that's Concussion why. issues usually don't go away. I don't say. I mean, you, a college asked you to retire. Yeah. And he's more of a 4-3 end, too. I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's really good, but if he's not picked real high, that's why. Yeah, so he's a guy that you'd look at and say, well, he wouldn't necessarily fit the Steelers' scheme. Probably not. I mean, I don't know how – I'm not sure how important dropping is to the Steelers' outside linebackers nowadays, less than it used to be, but – I think you have to do it a little bit. They stay, it still yeah. happens, yeah. Uh, 19 is Quiddy Pay uh, out of Michigan. I, I like him, but the production's not there. The production's not there. and he, uh, He's big. Yeah. He's he's heavier than Watt and some of the edge guys the Steelers have played with. Yeah, he might be a 4-3 end. Probably, I think I th- ideally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you could draft him and say, okay, he's a 3-4 outside linebacker, but I don't know if that would be ideal for him. Like yeah, J- think... Jason Pierre-Paul was called a four, you know, an outside right. linebacker for the for the Bucs, but he's an end. But he's an end. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he's closer to Olivier Vernon, put your hand in the dirt every play right. and, you know, line up outside, you know, five technique. 18, down a spot, Travis Etienne. Yeah, down a spot. That's still pretty high for Etienne. Yeah. I mean, big playability. Uh. 17 up four spots. Jeremiah Owosu Kamora. Koromora. I, I know you did a mock, and I've done two or three so far. He was tough a, to slot. He, he he lasts longer than he should. Yeah. You know, he's a good player, but I'm not sure where he goes. Yeah, just because, of the, I mean, he's safety size, but he's a linebacker. Yeah. like As I, opposed to being a safety who can, who's big enough to play linebacker, he's a... He's kind of pigeonholed in as a as a, uh, that linebacker type, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I could see, there's every team would love to have him. Oh yeah, but do you want to use a first round pick on that guy? Yeah, when I was you know going through the rounds, like I had him go to Vegas one time, but if he does, if, if there's somebody better for them, they're going to try to go defense. He could fall to the Steelers and be a bit of a conundrum. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's good. He's only I mean if he's only 200 pounds though, I got a problem. That's that. a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 16, Trevor Mooring. This, this is another guy enough, that, that right. you know, if he's there when, when the Steelers draft, you don't. They're not going to take, take him. him. Can't take him. Like, and he's actually the same size, if not bigger, than Cor- Owosu Koromora. Yeah, probably the better cover guy and the yeah. true safety. Right. No, I get that he's number one safety. You're right. He wouldn't be in my top twenty-four for the Steelers. Uh, Fifteen, Elijah Vera Tucker, the uh, offensive guard out of uh, USC. He wouldn't necessarily be in my top. Everyone has him in that neighborhood now. I'm seeing him mocked as high as like 14, 15. And maybe he could play tackle for you. I, I think so. I mean, I think that's the logic is he's going to be a tackle, and if it doesn't work out, it'll be a great guard. And, I, and I'm fine with that. But he had a good year. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing a little something on him. But, like, I, I would rather Darisaw. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, 14 up a spot is Patrick Sertain out of Alabama, the cornerback. Mm-hmm. That totally adds up. Yeah. 13, Gregory Russo, the edge rusher out of Miami. Him and Parsons are two guys that are pretty freaky that we just didn't see this past year that yeah. I think the NFL thinks are really good. Uh, 12, Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. Okay. I mean, if you're doing a top 50 list, the, the quarterbacks would not be in the top five for me outside Lawrence. Uh, 11, Trey Lance. I'm really warming up to Lance, by the way. Just right. a side note. Yeah. I, I just, I, I really question. I mean, I, I, I've watched the film. I see mm-hmm. him make all these plays against guys who are not going to be playing in, 
in the NFL on Sunday. Oh, right. Yeah. There's no doubt. And there's not a lot to go on. And, and a lot of the stuff I, I well, you know, he's throwing the wide open guys. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. You'll notice, too, he had zero turnovers that last year, but he just he throws it away. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, there's other guys that are driving it into tight court. And I'm sure he's been coached that way. You know I mean? Yeah. He's doing what he's told. but He's going to see a lot more tight coverage in the NFL than he yes. saw at North Dakota State. I think there's a lot to work with there, though. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, I just uh, it's I think it's going to take time with him. Oh, I'm sure it might. In, in time, when I say take time, it might be two years before he, this may be another situation. When uh, he's making it, he's making a bigger jump than um, than what happened with uh, with Allen in Buffalo. Yeah, true. And it took right. him three years. Right. Right. Is is somebody going to have the and patience? Allen is more of talent than that. Yeah, but is somebody going to have the patience to? Sit through that. Yeah, I, don't know, I would buy stock in them. I mean, Carolina and let Bridgewater hold down the fort, or Atlanta with Ryan for a year, or something like that. Steelers with Ben for a year. Uh, he's not going to be available he's for that. Available, he won't right. be there twenty-four, and they're not trading up. No, no. Uh, Ten down a spot. Micah Parsons. He's a superstar talent. Yeah. Uh, number nine. I am a little curious. What's that worth in today's NFL? What Parsons brings to the table? Yeah. And the problem is, is he opted out last year. Like, yeah, right. And there's some questions. Yeah. Uh, number nine up a spot is uh, Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle. He's lower on Sewell than I am or yeah. anybody is. I mean, that's his number two tackle. I don't understand. Nine, st- I mean, he's still in the top ten. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. He'd be in the top five for me, though. Uh, number eight down a spot, Devontae Smith. He's not my... We'll get to our receiver rank. We haven't done those. He yet. was We're my number. Yeah, he was my number two. He was my three. Yeah, that's fine. It's just. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. bashing the guy. He's just little. Um, seven down a spot. Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of uh, Northwestern. Yeah. So there's not much difference. There no, there them. isn't. I guess seven versus nine. But. Um, so. six up two spots. Jalen Waddle. I love Waddle. I think he's the closest thing to Tyree Kill I've seen. Five. Caleb Varley at five. That's a mm. that's as high as you're going to see him. Right. And a lot of people don't even have him as their top corner. They've got they've got Sertain. Yeah, uh, this is as high as I've seen Farley on anybody's list. Me too. I, I guess his pro day is supposed to blow doors, everyone's doors off. You know that he might run four three. And he's that's you know again Long. that prototypical six one six two cornerback. That yeah yeah. Number four, Zach Wilson. I mean, I get it. I think he's the odds-on favorite to be the second pick in the draft. I don't know that I'd have him four, though. I wouldn't have him ahead of Penny Sewell. No. Three, Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of of, uh, Florida. I think that's exactly where he belongs. I would hate to have to game plan against him. That leaves uh, number two, Jamar Chase. He's my one receiver. Yeah. And then number one, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. So, no surprise. The top ten aren't, I mean, shocking. Right. You know. Yeah, not a lot of movement there, but. Uh, some new names on that top fifty list for Jan- Daniel Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know we can we can go over, over that uh, on maybe some on Friday of, of or even next week sometime. What? Uh, how many of those guys you would take ahead of Williams? Ahead of Williams, I bet it's not as many as what you might think. Like okay, any maybe. any of those guys in the top ten? That okay? That's a. Do you want to do it super quick? We can do it real quick here. Yeah. So uh, Number, just start at one. Well, obviously, yeah. yeah. Lawrence, yeah. How about who's two? Chase, Chase, yes. Pitts, Pitts, yes. Wilson, yes. Farley, that's five. Uh, Waddle, yes. Six. Slater, 
Yes, seven. Devontae Smith. Yes, eight, but I don't love him. Penae Sewell. Yes. Micah Parsons. That's ten. That's your top ten. Okay. Trey Lance. For me, yes. Yeah. Eleven, yeah. Uh, Justin Fields at 12. I think so. Yeah. Gregory Russo at 13. Yeah. But you'd have to have a plan. Right. I mean, I just think he has a much higher grade than Williams. Uh, Patrick Sertain at 14. Yeah. Vera Tucker at 15. That's a question. That's the first one I think I'm going to say, question. I would say no on that if you think he's a guard. If you think he's a guard. Well, if you think he's a guard, then for the Steelers, we're only talking about Steelers board. Right. We won't take that one. We're I think he would be. Years. I think he would be pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Mowering, sixteen. No, no. Owosu uh, Koromora. I don't think. I don't think so either. So we're still at fourteen. ATN. I like. I like Williams better well, than we ATN. Thought, we but, said ATN and Harris were gone, but they're they're both gone. Right, right. Uh, Quiddy Pay. I'm a no. I'm a no. Uh, Jalen Phillips, I'm a no. I'm a no, right. Kadarius Toney, I'm a no. No. Can't afford that luxury. Uh, then Harris at 22. J.C. Horn at 23. I'm going to say yes on Horn. Probably, yeah. That gets us to 15. Zavin, Harris gets us to 16. Yeah, ATN 17. ATN 17. Zavin Collins. No. No. Jalen Mayfield. Now we're getting into that area of the tackles here. The Mayfield... Mayfield Williams is an, is a uh, that's a discussion. That's a discussion. Yeah, Christian Darrisaw. I'm taking Darrisaw. Darrisaw. That yeah. gives us 18. Joe Tryon. No. Levi Owenzurike. No. Okay. Nick Bolton. No. Tevin Jenkins. He's right there with with Mayfield. With Mayfield. Yeah. Greg Newsom. A lot of tackles. Yeah. Greg Newsom. No. Javante Williams at 32. Yeah, we're not. Your, my 24 didn't fill up like I thought it would. Yeah, even we can keep going here. Uh, Jason, Jason uh, Owa. I don't think. No. Mac Jones. No. Um, Jamin Davis. No. Tutu Atwell. No. no. Landon Dickerson. No. You're not taking him in no. the first round. Ronnie Perkins. Mm-mm. Aziz Ojolari. No. Terrence Marshall. Or Terrence Marshall. Uh-uh. Christian Barmore. No. That'd be kind of fun, but yeah. no. Kelvin Joseph. Mm-mm. Jabril Cox. No. Uh, Dylan Raddins. Mm-mm. Davion Nixon. We're down in the... Like, right, right. Now, there's, that's the end of the story. That, <laughs> right. I'm trying to think, is there anybody else? I mean, how about Bateman? No. Mm. He'd have a hard time seeing the field right away. Right, yeah. yeah I mean, it's... it's yeah. No, I hear you. I guess I hadn't thought of it from that angle. I just assumed, you know, all those edge guys we would say. I mean, no Rash- Rashad Penny went in the first round. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. I know. You know, I mean, is Edwards Hilaire a better option than Williams? I, I like Williams better. Williams. Yeah, Steelers, I'd rather have Williams. To be very honest with you, I, I'm right. not so sure. If that would be an interesting thing to look at those. It, it, the the top three backs this year as compared to the top three backs next year. Or the top the top three backs this year compared to the top six last year. Oh, I would give you the 24th pick for Jonathan Taylor right now in a heartbeat. Okay. Would you do it for Dobbins? I'm just saying trade the pick. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. But I, think I had, I had Dobbins as my number one guy last one year. Too, but time, I mean, we've a year. And from, then the rest of them, no. I think I would rather have. Acres. I think I like Williams better than Akers. 
Yeah. Size. Size, yeah. He's got the size. He's got that prototypical size. I like Swift a lot. I like Swift more now than I did then. I'm not sure he's super Steeler friendly. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. That's, that's the problem, a, right, right. that's the thing I have with ATN. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, he's he's a little on the small size. Like, I guess if we ranked, what was there five backs drafted pretty high last year? Six in the first two rounds. Edward Solaire, Taylor, Taylor Swift. That's three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got your last. I've got to do that in a while. Um, Moss. Uh, Moss would be last. Well, Dylan went in the second round. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would take all three of the guys this year over Dylan or Moss easily. Yeah. Um, I'll take Taylor over all of them, and I'd probably take Harris second. Dobbins probably third. But I think I think I think those I think Williams to me Williams and Harris are in that conversation with those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in the top, top tier. They're not on the Moss Dylan end of things. No, I mean Harris to me would be right behind Taylor because I've seen Taylor for a year. Right. I mean, I'm that, that helps. Yeah. Year. Right. I mean, to give those guys benefit of the doubt. I mean, he tore it up at the end of the season. Um. I mean, Williams versus Akers or Dobbins is interesting. Yeah. I mean, is Dobbins a workhorse? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't just know. don't know. I wish yeah. he'd catch the ball more, too. Right, there's that. I mean, he didn't blow me away in his rookie year. I liked him more. I liked Dobbins more a year ago than I like Williams now. Right. But I know more now. Correct. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so that was a nice little, uh, yeah, interesting little turn there. Uh, but that's going to do it for our show today. Hope you uh, enjoyed listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lolly uh, for Matt Williamson, for Jacob here on site. We appreciate you listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.